what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Millions of lives are gloriously changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's so obvious. And yet there is more hatred toward Jesus Christ and Christianity than anything else in this world. Why is that? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to 2 Chronicles chapter 30. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. Some of you say, well, Brother James, you've been in 2 Chronicles now for quite a while. Yeah, well, we've been in 2 Chronicles since January. We might be in 2 Chronicles come January of 2022. When the Lord gets done, he gets done. How long are you going to preach today, Brother James, when the Lord gets done? <laughs> I'm not going to hold you too long, just till I'm finished. Second Chronicles. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 30. Move down, if you will, to verse 10. Second Chronicles 30, verse 10. So the post passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even to Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away and cast them into the brook Kedron. I want to stop right there and preach for a few minutes this morning. The heart of man. The heart of man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne of grace today, and I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice. And Lord, you know the needs of the people today. I do not. Lord, you know what needs to be said here today. And I ask, Lord, that you use me today, that you anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, that the people might be edified and drawn a little closer to you. And Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. When King Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel, first thing he did was to get the house of God in order, which had been shut down for some 16 years. He got the sacrificial system back up and running again. And then 
he sent letters to all of Israel, both the southern and northern kingdom, to come and celebrate the Passover. Evidence is that none of Israel had celebrated the Passover as it was written in the scriptures to be done. None of Israel had celebrated the Passover since the kingdom was divided some 260 years earlier. By this particular time when Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom Much of it had been taken away into Assyria, leaving only the poor, the destitute, and the needy. And the people were suffering. They were hurting. All of them had lost a loved one, a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife. And the hurt was was great, the heartache, the pain of losing a loved one, being taken captive, and you never know what happened to them. It was in the midst of this tragedy that King Hezekiah wrote these letters to the northern kingdom as well as the southern kingdom, but Hezekiah had no authority to write these letters to the northern kingdom. They were out of his jurisdiction. But the letters he wrote were according to the word of God, and God has jurisdiction over all of his creation. And he wrote these letters in a time of great need for those in the northern kingdom. He wrote these letters to comfort their hearts, to try to bring them in to the right way. And you would think that God sent prophet after prophet all of those years, for 260 years, warning the people that this tragedy would take place. They had experienced it. They had seen it firsthand. And you would think that after having witnessed all of that and a letter such as Hezekiah wrote, the people would turn to God. But they didn't listen to the prophets Sadly and regrettably, they wouldn't listen to these letters either. Now, the letters said, if you look in verse 5 of Second Chronicles 30, Come to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Verse 6, return to the Lord and he'll return to you. Verse 9, he said, If you will return to the Lord, now this is a promise of God for the people of that day. If you will return to the Lord, God will move upon the captors of your loved ones. And they will have compassion upon them. And they will allow them to come home to you. God is a gracious God, 
He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. But even though this promise was given to the people, the Bible says that they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Verse 10. Why is it that there is such an animosity in the hearts of men as it regards the things of God? I mean, we don't see it in any other religion of the world, no matter how base, no matter how vile that religion may be. But we see it in Christianity. Back some years ago, one of the major television networks did a program on drug rehabilitation. She had three leaders of three different drug rehab organizations to come and sit down in front of the television cameras to discuss their rehab programs and so forth. Two of those organizations were psychologically based, and they had a success rate of 2 to 3%. The other one was a Christian-based drug rehab program. They had a success rate that was well up into the 90s, over 90% success rate. And she asked the leader of this Christian organization, what are you doing? Why is your success rate so much greater than these others? And the man stood there and looked at her and looked right into that television camera and said, we give them Jesus Christ and him crucified and he sets them free from that bondage. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the lady said, oh, so you're giving them religion. She turned right around and looked at the other two sitting there, those failures, and spent the rest of the program a good 45 minutes talking to them and ignored the one that was Christian-based because the name of Jesus Christ was mentioned. The answer was right there in front of them. But they ignored it. Except for the last five minutes of the program where they allowed them to give a few closing remarks and whatever the case. But millions... Millions of lives are gloriously changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's so obvious. 
It's so obvious the evidence is there that the person's life has changed. And yet there is more hatred toward Jesus Christ and Christianity than anything else in this world. Why is that? Why is it that there is no profanity in any language of the world against any God, little g, or religion of the world except the God of Bible Christianity? Why is that? Why is there so much hatred toward God? Over 20 years ago, Muslims hijacked airplanes and flew them into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon. Thousands died in this country when we were attacked. And today, there is still more animosity and hatred toward Christianity than there is Islam. Not that there should be any animosity or hatred toward anyone at all for any reason. But in this country today, there is more animosity and hatred toward the God of Bible Christianity than there is Islam or any other religion. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Number one, Satan levels his attack against God. Because the God of the Bible is the only one true God. That's it. He's not going to level attack against that which he has instigated and come up with and deceived millions in the world. He's not going to come against that. But he levels his attack against God and against Bible Christianity, and the reason I say Bible Christianity is because there's some Christianity out there today that really has nothing to do with God at all because they're not preaching the cross, they're not preaching against sin, they're not preaching the Bible, they're preaching from some religious book, they're not preaching from the Word of God today. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So that's why I say Bible Christianity, but Satan levels his attack against the God of Bible Christianity and against Jesus Christ. I'll deal with that in a moment, but number two, reasons why there's so much hatred in the world against God. When Adam fell in that garden, from that moment... There's been an animosity in the heart of man against God. When God came down in that garden after the fall, Adam, where art thou? He was over there hiding among the trees. Why are you hiding, Adam? Have you partaken of that tree which I told you not to? It was that woman that you gave me. That woman that you gave me, God, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be in the mess I'm in right now. Hatred toward God. He was blaming God for his situation. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, 
He said, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then in verse 10, God said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man, listen to this, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. That's the reason why there's such hatred in the world toward God. It's because God is the judge over all the earth and man will one day have to stand before God and give an account and be judged. That's not a very comforting thought. So what does man do? He ignores God. Even goes to the extent that he says there is no God. Number four. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And it's all because of Calvary. And there is a hatred in the heart of man against that. We see it with Cain and Abel. After all, God pointed to the Redeemer who was to come. Killed an animal and covered Adam and Eve. And in that first act, he instituted the Old Testament sacrificial system. This is the way that you can have a relationship with God. It's through and by the blood of a sacrifice. There's some evidence that Adam and Eve offered up sacrifices for a little while. But Cain and Abel came along. The Bible says that Abel offered up a blood sacrifice unto God, and God accepted that sacrifice. His brother Cain come along, and he offered up a sacrifice as well. But he offered up his rutabagas and his tomatoes and his apples, the fruit of the ground, the Bible says, the work of his own hands. He brought that and offered it to God, and God rejected it because it was not a blood sacrifice. And the Bible says that Cain grew angry. He grew angry with God. He grew angry with his brother, so much anger that he killed his brother Abel. All because of the sacrifice. And there are those who want to get to God, but they want to get to God their own way. There's no other way to get to God than through and by Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross. That's it. There is no other way, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't apologize for it. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, and Satan hates Jesus Christ, and he hates the cross. He hates it because it was there that Jesus Christ defeated Satan and demons and hell and the powers of darkness, defeated him and made a show of him openly. And Satan hates it. And some of you ain't going to like this. 
But those who do not know the Lord, those who reject Jesus Christ, you are a child of Satan. And the same hatred that Satan has toward God against Jesus Christ, against the God of the Bible and the Word of God, that same hatred is in your heart. Jesus told the religious leaders of that day, He said in John chapter 8 verse 44, You are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. That went over like a fly in the punch bowl. That didn't draw too big of a crowd. Many backed off when Jesus began to make these kind of statements. But he told the truth. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, thousands... We're following him. But the closer he got to the cross, the less and less people were following him. And there was just a handful standing there at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. Are you listening to me? But nevertheless... Although most in this world, sadly and regrettably, they laugh, they mock God. The Bible says, Second Chronicles 30 verse 11, Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun, they humbled themselves and they came to Jerusalem. Glory to God. Most reject and mock, but some few will come. Some few will get saved if they're given the opportunity. He that has an ear, let him hear. Thank God Hezekiah was obedient and wrote those letters and sent them out of his jurisdiction. Brother James, why don't you just concentrate right here in this community? Why don't you just preach to us right here at, at Friendship? Why are you worried about being on in Pennsylvania and all of these other stations that you're on out there? That's out of your jurisdiction. You need to just stay right here in North Carolina and right here in the local community. Jesus said, you'll be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. It's not my business to try to get on another station out there. If God opens up the door, I'm walking through it. By faith, we're walking through it. And thank God, Hezekiah gave these people the opportunity to get saved. And I'm going to tell you something today. Those of you here listening to me today, those of you by radio, when you support the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are giving this lost and dying world out here an opportunity to get saved. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for you today. 
I thank God for every preacher that gets over radio and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it be radio, television, the internet. Yeah, there's a lot of flim-flam TV show hosts out there. But thank God for the preachers that's got a backbone that'll stand up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and say, He's the only way. I realize that most will cut it off. Most will go across the channels and they'll hear a little something and they'll pick up on it that's preaching and they'll turn it. They don't want to hear it. They reject God. I realize that. But there are some who will turn across that dial And they'll hear a word. And they'll leave it there. And God will move through that sermon and touch their hearts and deal with them. And they will accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Why? Because they've been given an opportunity. Why? How is it that two people can be riding in the same car? Listen to the same sermon. One will give their heart to God. And the other one will reject it. Why is that? Come on back next week and I'll tell you why. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.